So we are finishing up the uh, Family Matters series. And uh, Family Matters was important to us uh, because the past six months has just been really crazy for a lot of people. And uh, isolation uh, has led to a lot of emotional and physical and even spiritual bad habits in our lives. And we, we wanted, as we regathered, uh, begin to focus on habits, uh, especially relational habits, uh, to, be, to be healthy. And because uh, you can slip into a bad habit. It's real easy to slip into a bad habit, whether it's eating habit, exercise habit, or even a bad spiritual habit. And um, so when there's a problem, you need to know that there's a problem. Uh, how many of you, like when your check engine light comes on, you get a sinking feeling? Anybody else? Like when my check engine light comes on, I like in the pit of my stomach, I just don't feel good. Because I don't just see a light, I see dollar signs. Because I know that it's going to be expensive. Whatever it is, it's never cheap. And uh, so Pastor Sean said last week that, that I have an Indian, and I'm very proud that I have an Indian. Well, this, this past riding season, the engine light has come on twice. And again, it's a sick feeling. One time I was on vacation, so I wasn't even around here. I was up in New Hampshire. I'm like, oh, this is not good at all because now I'm going to have to get it towed all the way home, and that's going to cost more money. But the light comes on, and uh, I'm like, okay, now what do I do? Have you ever done this where a light comes on, and, and like you turn off your car, you turn off your motorcycle, and you just hope like the next time you turn it on, it goes away? I'm that way. And I, that's what I did when I was in New Hampshire. It's like, oh, well, maybe the light just went away. It was just maybe a, a glitch. Maybe it was just something that wasn't really, you know. But sure enough, I turned it on again the next day, and the light was there. I was like, oh, man. So what I did in, in both instances is I went to the manual. And this is the Indian manual that comes with the motorcycle. And so I start flipping through the pages. Like, if this light comes on, because there's different lights. Like, the engine light can be on but flash, and it means something completely different if the light's on and stays on. And so I'm, I'm flipping through, like, there's, there's pages that talk about problem shooting, you know, and, like, you can try to solve it yourself. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not a mechanic. Don't claim to be a mechanic. I know how to turn it on. I know how to turn it off. and I know how to change the oil. That's it. Anything else, um, I'm taking it to the shop. And so I'm up in New Hampshire, and the light's flashing. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? It says, well, if the light's flashing, it could be one of four things. And you're reading down, reading down, and you're like, okay, the last thing is the bike's going to blow up. You're like, that's not good. It turned out that it was just low in oil, and so that's an easy fix. Uh, I drove an hour and a half to the Indian dealership and got a, got a case of oil and, and drove, drove back in my car and changed the oil. Problem solved. Two weeks ago, when we had that cold spell, um, I go to work in the morning, like at 4.30 in the morning, and uh, it was really cold, and so I had my winter riding jacket on. It's a real thick, heavy winter jacket. And um, I have a fob. Actually, I have it in my pocket. This is the fob. I don't have a key. Uh, it's just the fob. And so I can press a button as long as this is in my pocket or I'm within close distance, and the bike will turn on, and, and it'll, it'll ride. And so I go to start the bike, and it really is like, it, it sounds like it has COVID. Like, it does not want to run. It sounds awful. I'm like, and the light comes on. I'm like, oh, what is the deal here? So I park it, I, I grab this book, and I, at work I'm reading through it, and it says it could be one of three things. And one of the things that it said that it could be was that there wasn't a good connection between the motorcycle, the computer, and the fob. I'm like, please, Jesus, please, Jesus, let's all be, please. And sure enough, because it was in my leather jacket in the pocket, it didn't connect. And so I simply now I just keep it in my pants, in my pocket, and it, it connects well. My point is this, because I have a manual 
when a light comes on, I can determine, is it really important? Is it crucial? Is this thing about to blow up? Or is it something that I, that I can fix? All problems can be solved. And there's a lot of things that you can do to prevent problems. Because usually when a light comes on, it's saying there is a problem. It's not like, hey, you might have a problem. When a light comes on, you have a problem. And you've got to determine what it is. One of the ways that you can help mitigate problems is by doing regular maintenance. On all your vehicles, appliances, whatever it is, if you do regular maintenance, you actually extend the life of the vehicle. So I read uh, this week that it it prevents problems when you do regular maintenance on on vehicles. It, It makes the vehicle more reliable. This is a good one. It actually increases your resale value. When you have regular maintenance. So, so in this book, there's a page where I can write down all the things that I've done on the bike. The mileage, the date, who did it. And when I sell the bike, if I ever sell the bike and I show them this, it actually increases the value because people know that this bike has been taken care of. And the last thing is that it has greater safety. You know that the bike is running the way it's supposed to be. So today is sort of our spiritual checkup. I'm asking you to do a diagnostic of your life spiritually, of where you're at spiritually. And we want to help you. We want to help you get to where you want to be and where God wants you to be. But to do that, we have to look at God's manual. Do you guys see what I did there? Went from the motorcycle manual to God's manual. Got that? Huh? I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> so we're going to look at God's manual and what God's manual says that we need to do to be uh, proactive and making sure that we're dealing with the things that are in our lives so that we don't see lights. So if you have your Bible, if you have the app on your phone, go to Acts chapter number 2. Acts chapter 2 is Peter, and he's preaching to a group of people. And this is the day of Pentecost. And he's preaching to people, and the Holy Spirit comes down, and they begin speaking in tongues, and people start freaking out, like, what's going on here? They think they're drunk. And Peter's like, we're not drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. That always, that always, I always laugh at that. It's like, what if it was 5 o'clock? It's like, well, it is 5 o'clock somewhere. But he's like, it's only only 9 9 a.m. We're not drunk. You know, come back a little later maybe, but no. This this is actually the Holy Spirit, which was prophesied in the the Hebrew scriptures that, that that he would come. And he starts railing on these Jews that are there saying, you know what? You crucified Jesus. He died on the cross, and you put him there, and and you need to repent. And so uh, we're going to begin reading in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse number 37. It says, then Peter's words pierced their heart. This is where he's talking about, this is what you did. This is is how you crucified Jesus. And uh, so his words pierced their heart, and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? They recognized that what he was saying was true. So what do we need to do? And Peter replied, you must repent of your sins and turn to God. Be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and then you will receive the Holy Spirit. The choice to begin following Jesus begins with repentance. They needed to repent of their sin. At this point, they're, they're keeping the law. They're trying to be good. Uh, they're going to temple. They're doing all these things that they think are going to make them right with God. And, and, and Peter says, no, what you need to do is you need to repent. See, good works lead to frustration, but grace leads to freedom. Because if it's, if it's good works that get, makes you right with God, then, like, 
how much is enough? We say, well, if your good works outweigh your bad works, but how do you know? Are they all the same? Is like walking a little old lady across the street the same as lying to your wife? Are those equal? Or do you have to do like walk two little old ladies across the street to make up for that? Like, wh- like what is the standard? And so at least the frustration, have I done enough? Have I done enough? Am I good enough? And the Bible clearly states that no, it's not through works. In Galatians chapter two, Paul's writing again to the church of Galatia and he says this, we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Christ. So this is, this is a whole different conversation. It's not about being good. It's about being right. So he's not talking about being good. I mean, do good things and yeah, you're, you're a good person, but are you good enough to be right? Are you good enough to be innocent? He says, we know that we're, we're made right with God through faith in Christ Jesus, not by obeying the law, not by doing good deeds. He says, we've believed in Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we've obeyed the law. He's saying it like the same thing over and over again. I think he's really trying to nail home a point. It's not through good deeds. You skip down to verse number 21. He says this. He says, I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if I kept the law, for if, I, if by keeping the law I could be right with God, then there would be no need for Christ to die. Like if I could be good enough to earn my way to heaven, then Jesus really didn't need to die on the cross. But, but his grace, his gift that he gives to us is, is Jesus Christ, it's his death. It'd be like you going to a person going, hey, I got you this birthday present. Now you owe me 20 bucks. No, you didn't give them a present. You gave them a bill. That's what you gave them. That's what we do when we say, you know what? Jesus died on the cross, but I'm going to be good enough. We make his grace meaningless in our life. And so Paul is simply pointing out, it's not through your good deeds. It's not you keeping the law. It's by you repenting of your sin and turning to Jesus. So we need to have a relationship with God before we can grow in that relationship with God. And that's all Paul's pointing out here. And so uh, Acts chapter 2, starting in verse number 41, he says, because they said, what, 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 what must we do? He said, repent and believe. He says, then those who believed what Peter was saying were baptized, and they were added to the church, about 3,000 of them. So Peter's preaching, and there's only like 120 followers of Jesus. He says, you need to repent because you're a sinner, and then be baptized. And, and they, they're like, you know, that's what we need to do. And in one day, one message, 3,000 people are saved. God's plan was not only to rescue them, it was to reconnect them. He wanted them to be in a sense of community. And so now they're getting together and they're, and they're fellowshipping. So what the first church practiced, we need to prioritize in our own lives. And so we're going to look at what did they practice. They were healthy. They were a growing church. They were doing things. What did they practice that we need to prioritize in our life. Let's continue reading in Acts chapter two. It said, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. That's what we're doing here. We're looking at the scriptures. What do the scriptures say? We evaluate our life based on what the manual says and we make adjustments. He says, and fellowship. That's just a Christian word meaning they hung out together. Uh, And it says, and they shared meals, including the Lord's Supper and prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all And the apostles performed many miracles and signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. It says, they sold their property and their possessions and they shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple 
Each day, they had church every day, and they met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They had life groups. And so they share their meals with great joy and generosity and all the while praising God, enjoying goodwill with all the people. And, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship, added to their church, added to their community, those that were being saved. Because of the way they lived their life, people were attracted to the gospel. And they were added to their community because they lived out these values. And so what I want to do is I want us to point out, like, so how do we do that today? That was, the, that was their practices. That was their habits. So how do we accomplish that today in our lives? My goal is to help you to gauge where you're at right now in your relationship with Jesus and determine what is your next step. So if you have your phone, you're going to need it. And I want you to open to our app. If you have our app, one of the first things you're going to see is our family check-in. If you don't have the app, you can go to that'sgrace.org slash check-in. Same thing will come up. I'm going to ask you to click on that. And the first part of that is we're asking you to fill it out is your name, first name, last name, and your email. Now, that, that's important for us. Because if you, don't fill the, if you don't fill that part out and you just you click all the other buttons, this goes into the cloud. And we have no idea where that information goes, and we don't even know whose information it is. So please let us know who you are. Then the next one is what location. Obviously, you're in Avon. So you're going to click Avon, and you're going to click the fall of 2020. Now, typically, we do this three times a year. But because of COVID, we weren't able to do that. This is actually the second time this year. And so for the past six months, we've not been able to check in and see how we're doing spiritually in person. And so that's why it's very important for us. Because how, what, what, what you check and how, what you're sharing with us really does help us shape the, the teaching series. Um, because we knew that people were isolated, that's why we did the family series. Because we knew emotionally and relationally people were going to struggle, um, we wanted to be able to help people. So we're asking you to fill that out. The first part is asking about membership. People always say, well, how do I become a member of Grace Church? How to become part of this family? The first is we ask, have you turned from sin to begin following Jesus? Have you had that all-in moment? Have you recognized that you have committed sin against the holy God and that our sin, your sin, is what placed him on the cross? But because he died on the cross, he paid for that sin. And all you simply have to do is ask for forgiveness and receive his forgiveness. It's not through works. We read that in Galatians. Paul's sharing that with the people in Jerusalem. It's not through your works. So if you've been trying to be good enough to earn God's love, stop. God loves you. You say, well, how do you know that? He sent his son to die on the cross for you. The Bible says there's no greater love than that than someone would lay down his life for his friend. Jesus Christ laid down his life for you. You simply have to call on him uh, for salvation. Okay? The next, the next question is, so that's either a yes or no question. Either you have or you have not. The next one is being baptized. That's either a yes or no. I've either been baptized by immersion or I have not. So because we haven't been able to meet, we haven't been able to do baptisms. So this weekend and next weekend, we're going to be doing baptisms. Not here at the church, but at Ames Pond. And luckily, it's going to be like 80 degrees tomorrow. So tomorrow from 3 
to five, uh, we, are, we are doing baptisms. And so if, that's, if you know that's your next step because you have to check no, but you, you want to be able to check yes, after the service, come see me in the Connection Center. Okay? The next question is, um, if, you, if you choose to be a member of Grace Church, or, 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 or I'm sorry, the one before that is, do you, do you agree with our beliefs? And there's a little link there that you can click on and gives you all the different beliefs that we have. But are you in agreement with that? If so, yes. And, and you can say, you can say um, yes or no to any of these. I mean, there, there, this is no guilt. We're just wanting you to let us know where you're, where you're at, okay? So yes or no to that. And then the last one is, do you want to be part of this family? Like we are, you know, you don't, you don't have to be. We want you to be. We, we want you to be part of, of our family. You say, well, why? What is the benefit? Why, why be part of, of Grace Church? We just want to know because of expectations and responsibilities. And we always share the story of having a party. At a party, there are always three types of guests. There are friends, uh, there's guests, there's friends, and there's family. And at that party, there are different responsibilities that you would have for a guest. Mainly, you just want them to show up and have a good time. That's the only thing that you really have for a guest. For a friend, you might ask them to stop uh, at the store, grab some ice because you're running low, or get some more cups or something like that. But you're not going to ask them to go in the backyard and, and mow the backyard. You're not going to ask them to go clean toilets. You're not going to ask them to do that. I mean, they're, they're friends. <laughs> you ask them to do that, they won't be your friend, right? And then you have family members. Family members are going to do those things. They're going to do things you would never ask a friend or ask a guest. They are going to help you carry the weight to make sure that this party goes well. But there's also expectations, so a guest comes to your party and they don't have money for, for gas. I mean, you're going to reach in your pocket, get your wallet out, get your, get your pocketbook out, and you're going to look through and you're going to find probably the smallest denominational bill that you have. If it's a one, maybe you hopefully have a couple of ones. But you're not going to give them, you're not going to give them a 20 spot. You're not going to hand them a $100 bill. You know, you're not going to do that. You don't really know that person. But you're going to try to do something. A friend, you might not, like, you look over the $1 bill, maybe the $5 bill. They're a good friend. You're going to give them a 20. Now, if it's a family member, most likely you're going to give them a card if they're responsible. Like, here's my debit card. Here's the PIN number. Just gas. Nothing else, okay, especially if they're your kids. Why? Because they're family. So there's different obligations and different responsibilities that go back and forth. And we just want to know, like, like what do you want from us? Like, how can we best serve you? And so, if, do you want to be a member of Grace Church? If you, if you can yeah, say yes to all those, fantastic. You're a member. That's all it takes? Yeah. All they did was they were saved, they were baptized, they were added to the church. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be that hard. But then there are habits. And these are the habits. These are the, the, the check engine lights that we want you to evaluate. Are there areas in your life that are unhealthy? The first one, if you look through that, it talks about being generous. That's one of our core values. One of the core values here at Grace Church is that we're radically generous. And the only way we can be radically generous is if we are radically generous. I mean, we can't make that statement and we can't help people if we truly aren't radically generous. And so the Bible says that God has given to us generously and we as followers of Jesus, we need to take that step. And for some of us, this is a difficult step. Uh, maybe you weren't raised in church, and so, uh, you know, when the offering pay, pay, plate is passed, you know, you'll put in a dollar, you put in a five spot, but you're not going to go to the back of the wallet and grab that 20, grab that 100. You're like, ah, I'm not all that religious, right? But the Bible says that we need to be generous. And so we're asking you, 
That's a, that's, I'm doing that. I'm not ready to do that. Or no, I'm not doing that. The second one is relational. Prioritizing biblical community. This, this really is like being here when you can be here. It's having a community. It's having relationships with other followers of Jesus. It's actively participating in, in groups. And again, Life Groups just started this past week. And if that's something that you're not doing, you can do. You say, well, I'm sort of nervous about like, getting together with people I don't know, not just because of, of, of nervousness, but like COVID. We have online groups. And I know there's, there's a thing called screen fatigue, and that's just, you know, because we're all on computers right now. We're all on screens. But you know what? Just like my coach was telling me that you've got to push through and do some hard things to get where you want to go, that's just like maybe one thing that you've got to do to grow spiritually is you've got to get on that screen and connect with people so that you can grow. Are you, in, uh, are you prioritizing biblical community? Then being intentional with your faith. Are you intentional with your faith? Building relationship with those that are spiritually disconnected. It's one thing to have family, and we need family. And that's, I mean, that's what the whole family matters is about. But we also need to be connecting with people and having relationships with people who are disconnected from, from Jesus. And we need to be intentional about those relationships. People at work, coworkers, neighbors, friends, family members, we need to be intentional. I'm not talking about being a jerk. We all know that Bible thumper, right? I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that. That is more of a turnoff than it is an attraction. But if you have a great relationship with them, I'm sure at some point how you live your life is going to come up in a conversation. Maybe it's just like, what do you do on Saturday nights at 5 o'clock? I go to church. Well, that's, that's an opportunity to be in sharing what God has done in your life. But you have to be intentional about that. The next one is being involved. Serving your church family. And I'm going to pause here just, just for a moment. I want to camp here on this one. Um, this is actively serving at church. And that's important because the Bible says that as a family, not only are we a family, the Bible compares us to a body. For the past couple of years, I've been going to a chiropractor in, in Middleborough. And uh, I'll, I get in a real bad shape, especially in the wintertime. Something about the cold weather that just really gets me all out of whack. And he knows when I've like, postpone coming in because I come walking in and I'm like this doc I mean I'm I'm all contorted and I always think it's my lower back because that's what hurts and to be in this kind of like configuration is the only only place that like gives me comfort trying to be straight hurts like straight up and down and and so I always thought it was my back and he's like no actually it's it's your butt I'm like, my butt? He's like, yeah, it, it's your glutes. It's your hamstrings. Those are tight. And because they're all connected, they actually pull. And they're pulling on your back. And so what I thought was the problem actually wasn't the problem at all. And I've ignored that. So that, that is like a, a light. Like when it starts to hurt, I should call and make an appointment. But I don't. And I wait. Oh, it'll go away. I'll take some Advil. I'll stretch. And I've done that over years. And what I've done is because when you get out of alignment, uh, nerves start to rub. And you can actually do more damage uh, by not being adjusted. And so nerves start to, uh, to rub. Your spine starts to, uh, like, touch in areas where it's not supposed to touch. And so I've built up calcium, like little spurs. And there's, like, places in my spine that are not as mobile or as flexible. 
because I didn't address the issue. I let it go. And it's the same with the family. It's the same with this body. There are people who are, they're, they're carrying the load and they need help so that they can, they can adjust. And by not doing that, they burn out. They, they, they experience pain. And so what we're asking, because God has gifted us and he's given us passions and he's given us uh, skills, is that you jump into a service team. Here are a couple of ways that you can do that. Our student ministry is incredible. Um, we, we have one of the most phenomenal student ministries around. We really do. You say, well, I just, I don't know if I can teach. We're not asking you to teach. We're asking you to just show up and hang out. That, 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 that's all that Bert's asking. Show up and hang out. Help them have youth group run smoothly on Wednesday night or Sunday night. He's not asking you to teach. He's not asking you, he's not asking you to do anything. Just show up and be a presence so that the youth group runs smoothly. If that's something you can do, email Bert. It's his first name, Bert, at that'sgrace.org. Uh, maybe you're like, you know what, I really don't want to be around people. I'm sort of nervous. My, my job that I work with, they don't like me being around big, you know, big groups of people. You can actually put out the signs, the Grace Church signs, on Saturday or Friday night and not talk to anybody. Here is a touch-free ministry for you. You can show up, your convenience, Friday night, Saturday morning, and, and put out the signs, and, and, and that's a help. That's a huge help. And that's something you can do. You can text, or, or I'm sorry, email Katrina at thatsgrace.org. Grace Kids. So tonight is Saturday night, and you notice we don't have Grace Kids. Part of the reason is there are people who don't feel comfortable coming back, and that's, that no, there's no shame there. That, that's fine. But we didn't have enough workers to have Grace Kids on Saturday night. And so we're asking if, if, if you have a passion and, and you like kids, we're not asking again to teach. Everyone goes directly like the, to the hardest part of, of, of a service team. We're not asking you to teach. You could actually show up a Saturday morning and set up the room and not talk to anybody. Put your earbuds on and just jam out to music. And set up the room, get it ready, so that when we do have Grace, uh, Grace Kids on Sunday morning or Sunday night or Saturday night, it's ready to go. You could go into the classroom and just be a buddy, helping kids glue things together, sing songs, help them memorize verses, and play games. If that's something that you can do, you can email gail at thatsgrace.org. I'm going to ask you, if this is your next step, this is something that God's been placing on your heart, take action. Don't be passive. The next one is devoted, setting a godly example in your home. And for some of us, this is one that's, that we really need to work on because the last six months have been difficult in the home. And you need to ask God, God, give me, give me a heart, give me patience, give me a love that's going to make my relationship at home healthier. Responsibility, blessing your community, being active in our community, blessing our community. Uh, th this one has been sort of a challenge for us. There's a lot of restrictions that we have that we can't do these huge events anymore. And so it's really through our life groups and smaller groups that we're, we're blessing our community. So we just did our backpacks. And uh, we had like 50, 60, 70, 80 backpacks that people brought to the church and we delivered them this week. 
just being a blessing to the kids as they go back to school. Because a lot of these kids, man, it, they, they don't have the resources. The teachers don't have the resources to give them the, uh, the materials that they, that they need. And that was one way that we could serve our community. Consistency. Prioritizing the weekend service. Being here. Being present. Being active. Being open to what God wants to do in your life. It's not just a matter of showing up. The weekend is not about you just showing up. It's about you showing up and opening up your heart to what God wants. Because if, if you don't allow God to speak to your heart, then, then you've just spent an hour of your life. But if you've opened your heart and you're asking God, like, what is my next step? What do I need to change? Where can I be a blessing? Then, then transformation takes place in our lives. Faithful. Spending regular time with God. Having a quiet time. Reading your Bible. Downloading an, an app. Spending time with God. The last one is encouraging. Helping friends grow in their faith. This is you getting together with a buddy, you getting together with your girlfriends, and you challenging each other to take that next step. See, I don't know what your next step is. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit has been sort of like nudging you, and as we've walked through this, the little light has gone on in your dashboard, and you're like, yeah, that's, that's an area that I need to address. Can't ignore that, or it's gonna become a bigger problem in my life. That's been my prayer, but, but then I can't make you take action. But if you had one or two close friends that you would share with them, like this is where I believe the Holy Spirit is like letting off the light in my, in my life and I, I need to address it and I want you to help me. I want at least you to hold me accountable that I'll take that step. We all need that. We all need accountability in our life. So my question is, do you have lights spiritually on your dashboard? Are they going off? Is it the check engine? Is it the oil? Like, what is it that the Holy Spirit's pointing out? And I want you to ask God to help you to commit to not being passive in that area, but to take action. Could you imagine if 2020, even in the midst of all this crisis and craziness, was like the best year for you spiritually? You grew the most, you served the most, you blessed the most. It, it really could be. But you have to go from where you're at to where you want to be. And to do that, it needs you taking step after step after step after step. Keep pushing forward. Keep getting healthier. Don't, don't settle for where you're at. Say, God, I want to be used by you. Will you bow your heads with me? So I'm asking you to ask God to show you the light that needs to be adjusted in your life. What does the check engine light mean for you? Where is that for you? Is that in relationships that you need to go and make right? Is that in your generosity? Is that in your commitment to serve one another? Is that in your commitment to live out your faith at work with your family, with your friends? What is that light for you? And I want you to tell God right now, God, I'm like, if, if you will continue to help me become the man or the woman that you want me to be, I, I will take that next step. Just like the disciples, 
I will drop whatever it is that's a barrier for me following you, and I will take that next step. God, I know it's your desire for each one of us who are followers of Jesus to continue to be more conformed into the image of Jesus. God, if there's someone here that has never uh, developed that personal relationship with you, Lord, I, I, I pray that tonight they would realize that that's the beginning. That's the first step. It's calling on you to forgive them of their disobedience and their selfishness towards others. And that you give them this gift of, of, of freedom, of salvation, of the Holy Spirit. And it's not anything that they earn. It's simply them recognizing that they'll never be good enough to be right, but they can receive a gift that makes them right. God, for those that need to be baptized, I pray that they wouldn't allow fear or anxiety or busyness to be the barrier that keeps them from taking that step of obedience. One of the things that the early church did when they gathered together was they took communion. And one of the steps in us taking communion is us examining our hearts and making sure that we are ready to observe the Lord's Supper. And so I'm gonna ask you right now, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, ask God, is there any unconfessed sin in my life? Anything that would cause me to take communion in an unworthy manner? God, if it is, show it to me and I will confess it right now because I wanna be right before you because I wanna celebrate what Jesus Christ has done for me. And I'll give you a moment to do that. God, your word says that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's through his sacrifice, his death, his burial, and his resurrection that gives us a right standing with you. And as we begin following you, God, there are times where we sin, there's times where we're selfish, there's times where we're disobedient, there's times where we allow the check engine light to go on a lot longer than it should, and we make a mess of things. And tonight, as we are taking communion, God, we are reminded of the great love and the great sacrifice that your son did in our behalf. He paid a debt that we could never pay. And he offers us immunity, he offers us a forgiveness, and he offers us freedom. And so tonight, as we take the, the cracker and as we take the juice, we recognize the incredible grace, the incredible forgiveness, and the incredible sacrifice that is given to us freely. And we say thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.